Hello, hello. It's great to see you and welcome back to another installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got Mark Wade, president and founder of Echelon Family Office, standing by. He'll be joining me momentarily. But look, first and foremost, I want to thank you for finding your way back to the show. As you know, each episode, Mark and I are tackling a different wealth management-related topic. We're tapping into his nearly four decades worth of experience in this space and really plucking out some strategies, some insights that could be applied to your financial world to ultimately, of course, help optimize it. It's in the show name. So look, that being said, we got a great topic on tap for you today. Mark and I are going to be diving into the, the, the family business as a whole, a successful family business at that. But we're taking a little bit of a different approach today. Instead of diving into the strategies that they implement to help them see success, we're going to look at the other side of the coin. We're going to look at the mistakes that these family businesses make that keep them from you know reaching that ultra wonderful plateau that they, of course, want to get to. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Mark out to get today's conversation rolling. Mark, how are you doing today? Good to see you. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Hope everything is great in your neck of the woods today. It is great, Mark. I cannot complain. It's good to have you back with us for today's show. And, you know, Mark, we're taking a little bit of a different approach today, diving into the family business and these mistakes that they make. So to kind of set the scene for our audience, if we will, you know, let's just look at a family business as a whole, right? It obviously takes a tremendous amount of working hard and working smart. And then there's always the family element. You got to navigate the relationships along the way within the family. And that can sometimes be a little bit of a sticky situation. And we'll get into that in a minute. But today we're going to be examining these, these mistakes. But let's, let's pull it back even further. Mark, could you start for us today by just kind of giving me a high-level overview on when it, why when it comes to family businesses that the need for wealth planning overall is just paramount. You know, Ryan, it's been said family businesses are really the foundation to successful economies all over the world. And I, and I agree because the family business may be the oldest business model there really is. And so what we see in the case of many family businesses is that the decision-making really is influenced by multiple generations. Uh, and in many cases, the aim of the family controlling the family business is to ensure the continuity between generations or to a success or to a successor owner. You know, so we need to make sure that the business continues to thrive over time with the family maintaining ownership and control should it pass on to uh, family members. Now, and to make all that happen smoothly and successfully, the successful family business really needs to engage in wealth planning. So wealth planning involves a variety of different uh, pieces of the puzzle. It involves investing and legal and other areas. And we have to uh, integrate and, and have these pieces work together in a synergistic manner so that the solutions work in concert with each other. Mark, I love that. I mean, and you dialed it up to a T for us. But that being said, when you look at all these moving parts that go on with what you just mentioned, and, you know, in the inner side of the family business, I would imagine that there is a risk for mistakes to start entering the picture, correct? Yeah, <laughs> there are a variety of ways families can get derailed in the wealth planning process and make 
a variety of different errors. You know, the first big one we see as advisors is that business owners and decision makers choosing to work with the wrong wealth planners, right? So, and I don't, and I don't mean that the wealth planners are not competent and, and successful in their own right, but maybe they're the wrong wealth planner for their specific needs and goals. And so that can create complications and ripples, you know, throughout the entire family business. So all too often, the wealth planners and it doesn't matter whether they're lawyers or accountants or wealth managers, or financial advisors, they approach the family business from only one vantage point, And that's the one of their own expertise. And they provide their own set of preferred strategies and solutions. This can be a sign that maybe it's not the right uh, wealth planner for your business. So commonly. Mark, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. sorry go, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, and, and commonly it's, I should say it's, it's it, very often we see planners they think of this family business as some sort of monolithic entity. And usually we find the reality is, is can be quite different. Uh, you know, there are family businesses that have complex structures and there are those that have simple structures as well as everything in between those two poles, right? And similarly, you know, there's a range of family issues that can affect family businesses, but a wealth planner, and you've heard this before because even I've used this, this exact, you know, this, this, example and that is you know a guy who just has a hammer sees every problem like it's a nail right so family businesses can suffer tremendously when they bring in even state-of-the-art experts who are you know and kind of enthralled by their own brilliance but they tend to deliver these intricate wealth planning solutions but the solutions might not be the exact solutions that the families care about the most they're not addressing the issues most important to the family Mark, you bring up a great point here because yes, every family is different. I mean, there's going to be different goals, different mindsets, different levels of wealth. So obviously a custom tailored plan needs to be made for that family's wealth situation. And like you mentioned, it comes down to working with the right professional in many of these instances. So that being said, Mark, what should a family business do then, or a you know, business owner to, to make sure that they're looking for the, the right wealth planner? What, sh what should tell them that they're working with the right wealth planner overall? Well, you know, the members of the families, they should look to engage wealth planners who seek to develop deep insights into the family's goals, concerns, and what their desires are for you know, the next generation and moving forward. And that includes the aims of all of the different family members. Ryan, you've, you've heard me discuss this before. You know, we refer to this as being able to address the human element. It's mm -hmm. the aspects of a family's business and family wealth, and it goes beyond the numbers or any single solution. You know, really, these families should look for wealth planners capable of providing high levels of expertise to address a family's goals and pressing concerns. But unfortunately, we see a pervasive tendency uh, of family businesses to focus on the wealth planners technical proficiencies, you know, with the numbers and the data. And unfortunately, the wealth planners sometimes fail to take into account their ability, the wealth planners ability to really be able to discern what's important to the family itself. 
Sure, sure. I, I, I hear you there. So really, it comes down to this first key mistake that we're mentioning today of successful family businesses is neglecting to work with the right professional that identifies the right level of circumstances, goals, all the strategies that are going to meet that family's needs. So the right professional, the first one, Mark, let's switch gears maybe to the next mistake that you're seeing on this front with, with successful family business making. What is the second mistake that you see most prevalent? Well, it's interesting you should mention that because we all just moved out of tax season, right? So here we are now, post-tax season, getting, uh, you know, for extensions for 2020, and now we're getting ready uh, to prepare uh, for taxes for 2021. And that's probably one of the things that they um, they over-focus on. They, the entire family planning should not focus only on the issue of minimizing taxes. Of course, it is clearly one of the key wealth, uh, uh, one of the key wealth elements to look at in an overall uh, family business plan. But, you know, seeking to minimize taxes for the family and the business is not necessarily the only issue that needs to have attention paid to it. And in some cases, it's not the most important issue. There are a number of ways that you can reduce or even eliminate taxes, you know, and you know, just, you know, for example, wealth planners can set up a single structure for a family business that will reduce the current income taxes. But how about ma better managing the risk and transferring wealth to the next generation? Those are also cre critical and key areas. So a wealthy planner might also, in some cases, be able to transfer equity to heirs at a discount with from current valuations. Uh, and, and so if wealth planners fail to understand the family member's agenda, and focus too heavily on tax minimization or, or elimination, you know, the outcomes cannot be the desired outcomes. They could be bad outcomes. So while reducing and eliminating taxes is often a real, a major objective of most families, we find that it is never the only objective. And that's the key. Sometimes it's nowhere even near the most important objective. Mm -hmm. So for example, some families involved in family businesses Together, they deeply value the family harmony. In families with multiple heirs who have different levels of involvement in the family business, uh, the smartest tax strategies from a technical standpoint might very well fuel some kind of discord or, or, or unrest within the family. So the cost of, uh, the cost of re that resulting conflict, you know, it could lead, uh, could exceed the tax savings achieved. By that, I mean, you know, the unintended result of not paying attention to those things that are really important to the family, the results could far outweigh whatever taxes that are saved. So at, in the end, the upshot really is, you know, we as wealth planners, we have a duty to help under, to help the family understand what the trade-offs are between its aims, such as family harmony, harmony and tax mitigation. Right. And Mark, it seems like it's coming back to this idea of the harm that can be done when there's laser focus on one element of wealth planning overall. The first mistake you mentioned in working with the right professional that has this diverse approach to address all of a family's goals and needs. Second being this over-focus on the you know tax mitigation strategy. So when we, you know, so I hear you on this like level of over-focusing and how that can be a, a deterrent from growing the family wealth, maintaining the family wealth over time. 
shifting into kind of a third, you know, mistake or pitfall that you see, Mark, is there anything that you see on this front that needs to be addressed? Maybe, maybe even it's within the family dynamic itself, but what would be a third wealth planning mistake that you might, uh, might mention here? Well, it might come as a, as a shock or a surprise, but, you know, another big mistake that we see and, uh, you know, family, families really overlooking is being secretive about their wealth planning. This might involve not informing some heirs about various different issues concerning the business or its fine or how the finances of the business are set up, uh, meaning that the kids don't find out until the end when the will is read. And in those cases, uh, you know, damage could already be done. So oftentimes we see that the intention behind uh, extreme secrecy, ex extreme secrecy, uh, it, we often end up with unintended uh, consequences. You know, for example, you know, it may be intended for family cohesion, but instead it usually proves to be counterproductive for a variety of reasons. Uh, so we try to make sure that heirs, all of the heirs uh, that are uh, involved in the succession planning process, that they know the intent of what the current owners of the family business have, what their intent is, and potentially uh, that can help lessen the future conflicts. Uh, you know, and what does that usually, Ryan, is the open communication. It's about what's happening within the family and the family business today, as, as well as what might happen in the future. It's vitally important to be able to communicate these things. Uh, and taking this approach usually permits family members to adapt to the roles uh, and to deal with the conflicts and concerns early on instead of later, now, when the emotions might be out of control, you know, it, it doesn't mean that all the details of the wealth planning need to be disclosed 100% and made 100% transparent, but making all the relevant parties aware of the big decisions concerning the family business and other assets, you know, that can potentially head off uh, damage uh, that might happen to the family enterprise over time. Uh, and it's a balancing act for sure. And one that the advisor, a good advisor who takes the time to explore that human element, uh, that advisor can help you achieve those goals. You know, Mark, money discussions with anybody can be difficult sometimes. And, and with family members, it can also be a little sticky and a little difficult to deal with as well. So creating that open line of communication and transparency among the family can work wonders. And I know we have a plan to address this particular dynamic in a future episode, talking about uh, some strategies that can be implemented to make sure that that line of communication is open and everybody's staying, you know, in the same lane when it comes to the goals and aspirations of the family. Well, so this is a really big topic in and of itself that I know we're going to hit harder really on a future episode, but I do appreciate you bringing it up today because yes, communication at the end of the day, so, so important. Um, but what's a, what's another, you know, big mistake, a fourth mistake that you've been seeing and, and we want to warn people about today when it comes to these successful family businesses, you know, fall, you know, tripping over themselves in some way, shape or form. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big one. Okay. And the big one that we see almost all the time is families thinking they have it all done already because they checked that box six or seven years ago. You know, it's a really big mistake to not keep your wealth planning accurate and up to date. I know it takes a lot of time and effort to address wealth planning, you know, and as a result, families who have engaged in the wealth planning process in the past 
take the attitude that, well, I've done it already. Yes, I have that done. But when, when new clients come to us or those that are interested in becoming clients, we often probe and we ask the questions regarding the current work that they have in place. And we tell our clients, look, there's a huge difference between having the, well, the work complete and having it done as complete as possible and as current as possible. It's a huge difference. Everything changes. Family dynamics change. Tax laws change. So, you know, the reality is that the family business, by the very nature of a business, is always in flux. And thanks to everything changing from, from the family dynamics, you know, to, let's face it, right now, everyone's aware of the changing economic conditions, right? It's important, therefore, that we address these changes as they occur. In order to ensure that the wealth planning remains accurate and relevant, it has to be an ongoing process. So as changes happen, it's really wise to continue to make the alterations and the adjustments to your plan to make sure that they're keeping up with changes, both of family dynamics and in the economy and the laws in general. Sure. Mark, you know, in our very first episode on this show, we talked about the stress testing process and how important that really is when it comes to the ever-changing dynamics in our world. It needs to happen regularly to make sure uh, that the plan is up to date. So I, I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form that you brought this up as a mistake today because, yeah, it's never done. It's never in the past. This is always something that needs to be ongoing and changed and looked into to make sure that you are really, in the show name, once again, optimizing that financial world for the family business. So, Mark, let's say a family hasn't updated their plan in a while. What should they do to make sure their plan isn't outdated anymore? What, you know, what are those first steps they should take? Hmm. Well, what seems obvious to us does not always seem obvious to everybody. And that is, you know, for families that have not kept their wealth planning current, an effective approach to take is to have a wealth planner at least review the core elements of the plan. Okay. And review that plan to make sure that no mistakes were made originally, uh, that external factors, you know, such as changes in the business environment, you know, are not being overlooked. Uh, meaningful changes in family member relationships, divorces, marriages, so on and death, so on and so forth. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, new and possibly useful wealth strategies, solutions that are not being uh, overlooked. Okay. Uh, it's really important to make sure that you're not overlooking what is, you know, newer, um, more current strategies given changes in the law and changes in the economy, along with those changes in the family. So with so for many families, keeping the wealth planning planning accurate, you know, that could be the difference between having the business for generations and losing it because of poor planning or inattention. Sure, sure. So Mark, to round out our conversation today and really bring it to a head, what is a fifth and <clears throat> final mistake uh, that you're seeing um, you know, successful family businesses make that are really critical these days? Well, a big one is viewing the sale of the family business as failing in some way. The idea that a family can't continue to run the business is all too often seen as a sign of failure, right? So for some family members, it's their legacy to continue the family business and not doing so maybe they view that as a disgrace on, on their part. So some wealth managers may plan to oppose a sale. For example, there are trust agreements that can prevent the sale of a company to people outside of the family. While the idea may be to keep the family together, the results are more likely to 
cause some intrafamily warfare of some type. So let me give you an example. Like if an inheritor does not want to own or manage the family business, okay, it's likely the smarter move is, you know, to sell the enterprise. Uh, when wealth planners can play an important role in helping to maximize the after-tax uh, proceeds from the family, uh, this can provide tremendous, you know, tremendous benefit to the bottom line for the family as a whole. So a highly effective way to deal with this matter is, is to assure that as much flexibility for family members exists in the planning as possible. The more options a family has, the more likely the family members are going to benefit both now and in the future. Makes sense, Mark. Well, hey, look, first and foremost, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to kind of go through these different five critical mistakes of successful family businesses. I know that you've seen them done a time or two in your instances of working with different families, getting them to correct these mistakes, get them back on the right track over at Echelon Family Office. And we appreciate you taking time and jumping aboard with us today, Mark. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. My pleasure. Thanks again for a great job, Ryan. And Mark, one, one final question for you. If anybody's yep. out there in our audience today watching, listening to our conversation, and they're interested in pursuing a further conversation with you, maybe it's to address these kind of mistakes with their own successful family business. Maybe it's just to start the conversation with you and your company. How would somebody go about doing that? Sure. One of the easiest ways is to visit our website, uh, www.echelonoffice.com, um, or they could uh, call our Call our 800 number, 888-892-9882, or email me directly, mwade, M-W-A-D-E, at Echelon Wealth. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, the word wealth.com. All righty, Mark, we appreciate you so much. Thanks again for jumping aboard, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much, Ryan. Have a great day. Alrighty, looking. Hey, we want to take one final moment to thank you, our audience, for taking some time out of your day to be with us. Mark and I, we unpack a new wealth management related topic every episode on this show. We've got a lot of great strategies ahead for you. So please, we'd hate for you to miss out on a future episode. So stay up to date with us and we'll see you on the next one. So for Mr. Mark Wade, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long and we'll see you on the next edition of Optimizing Your Financial World.